Welcome to Web3 Simplified, where we explore NFTs, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and all things Web3. New technology can sometimes be confusing and complicated, but it shouldn't be. So on Web3 Simplified, we are going to break it down into easy-to-understand definitions, explanations, how-tos, and stories. Now to the host of Web3 Simplified, Sean Specey. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Web3 Simplified. I could not be more excited for today's topic, which is what is cryptocurrency? What is it? Well, we talked last time about on episode the last episode about what is the blockchain. And one of the things that the blockchain allows us to do is to create and use and trade, really, even uh, these uh, things called cryptocurrencies. And so we're going to talk about, well, what is cryptocurrency? What are some different uh, versions of cryptocurrency? Where did it come from? How does it relate to the regular currency that we're used to using? Those kinds of things. And so a quick disclaimer for you. The uh, content in this podcast episode is purely for educational and informational purposes. I am not a financial advisor, so this is not financial advice for you. And you're, you're going to see and hear that disclaimer quite often in the web three space as people talk about NFTs and trading them and cryptocurrency and those kinds of things. And so what you do with this information is up to you, but here's another couple quick disclaimers. Number one is please do your own research. So don't just take everything that I tell you or that other podcasts or other blogs are going to tell you, but do a little bit more research before you purchase anything like an NFT or a cryptocurrency. And and the next episode is going to be about NFTs. And then uh, the last one is this is a, a, a recommendation that was made to me personally that I have passed along to other people. And so it's not advice. It's really just a, a simple, again, this disclaimer or recommendation, but it's uh, to only use money that you can afford to lose when you're playing around with cryptocurrencies or uh, NFTs. And, and the reason why that it was explained to me is because of the volatility, um, the volatility. You'll see that like the prices of these cryptocurrencies or the prices of certain NFTs will <laughs> increase drastically one day and then decrease drastically one day. And so now let's dive into the topic. Well, what is a cryptocurrency? What is it? Well, um, a very simple uh, explanation that I found uh, in a Forbes article, it's just a really simple one sentence, uh, is from Forbes.com. Um, and I'll put the link uh, to this in the description of this podcast and kind of the show notes there. And uh, it says a cryptocurrency is a medium of exchange that is digital, it's encrypted, and it's decentralized. Okay, well, now we've got a couple of big words there that are uh, being used to describe cryptocurrency, but now, so now we got to dig into what those mean, right? So it's a, a, a cryptocurrency is a medium of exchange. Let's talk about that for a second. So a medium of exchange. If we were to rewind time and go back in time to like the early days when people were on farms, and uh, let's say, for example, there's there's actually a really great YouTube video. I'll try to find it and put it also in the link uh, to this podcast um, of an interview with Michael Saylor. And he talks about how uh, there were these two islands that were close to each other um, in uh, I they were somewhere out in either like the Asian Pacific area or maybe the Caribbean. But uh, on these two separate islands, 
they uh, one island had a medium of exchange, which is they used seashells as a currency, maybe like a certain color. And then one different island used these like smooth stones as a medium of exchange. And so a medium of exchange, what that basically means is it's simply a, a thing that you can use to exchange value, right? So if uh, if we use these, uh, back in the day, the uh, Romans created these coins, right? So they might not have been the very first one, but we're archaeologists are finding these coins, and then the coins get, di- they were at first started as like almost pure gold, and then they got diluted over time. And so uh, today in the United States, we use these hard, um, these physical pieces of like, uh, it's not like exactly like a paper, right? It's like a paper mixed with a certain fiber kind of thing. And so they're the the dollars that we use. They're the coins that we use. Those are a medium of exchange. Now with my daughter here in our house, uh, we could use beads as a medium of exchange, these little beads that she has. So we could say, hey, um, if you do your chores, you get five beads. And then if she wants to get a piece of candy, she could turn in those five beads. That could be a medium of exchange. So that's the first part of that. So then, so then here's what it says again from Forbes.com. A cryptocurrency is a medium of exchange that is digital. Okay, so it's digital. What does that mean? Well, digital, obviously, uh, it, you, this might be common knowledge, but just to go into it, digital simply means that there is no physical thing that you can hold in your hand. It is a only online. It is only through the internet. It's digital. It's only on a computer system, okay? So then uh, the next word is encrypted. Well, encrypted, um, I looked up a definition for you. Uh, this is from digitalguardian.com, and I'll put this link uh, in the show notes also. But a, a simple explanation of encrypted is this, is that data encryption translates data, so information, into another form or a code so that only people with the access to a secret key, which is called a decryption key, or they have a password to it, can read it. So uh, we've got it. It's digital. It's only online. It's not something that you can actually hold in your hand. It's encrypted, which means it's translated into another form so that another system that has the encryption key is able to read and understand it and uh, interact with it. And then the last word from this Forbes definition is it's decentralized. Okay, so decentralized. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to go into a whole uh, episode on on centralized versus decentralized. Also, if you go back to episode one of this podcast uh, for Web3, we talk about centralized versus decentralized. But a really simple um, definition of this is there's no one organization that is in control of it. And so decentralized means that it is uh, out there and there's different people and there's different groups that can, uh, it's, it's basically open to the public. So imagine uh, like a public park in the middle of your community and there's no HOA, there's no government that is controlling that public park. It's simply the people, the neighbors that live around it. They're the ones who basically come and you can use it. You can do things there. You can mow the grass there if you want to. It is taken care of by the public. It is managed by the public, and it is open to use by the public. That's kind of a, a an example of that. Now, okay, so uh, here's here's an interesting thing to think about for centralized versus decentralized as far as it comes down to cryptocurrency. So the cryptocurrency, uh, the reason why we're talking about this is the going back to the example of like an actual like a medium exchange. 
that is uh, in our hands. It's not digital. It's uh, it is the paper dollars and the coins that we use. So like a quarter, a nickel, a dime, a penny, and then the dollars, one, five, 10, 20, all of those that we use. So those are a, that is a medium of exchange. It is a currency. It's what's called a fiat currency because it's government backed. The United States government is a central organization that controls the dollars and the quarters and the dimes and those kinds of things. They control how much is in circulation. They are backing that saying, hey, we guarantee that this has a certain level level of value, that kind of thing. And so uh, that is what a, a currency would be. Um, they're controlling basically like the system. They're saying like, hey, here's here's our currency. A decentralized is there's no central authority. So there's not one group of people that are controlling it. It's led by a collective or a community. So let's let's break, let's let's go simple into cryptocurrency, right? So essentially it's a form of currency. So a currency, so is a uh, it's a thing that we exchange in order to say, hey, you have value, I have value, I'm gonna give you this in exchange for this, right? So it's a form of currency. A cryptocurrency is a form of currency that is only digital and it can't be replicated or forged because it's encrypted, right? They've encrypted it so you can't just make more. That's the reason why the US dollar, like in the $100 bills, they put like that thin strip of paper in there to authenticate and make sure and they have serial numbers on it. There's tons of things that they do with these, uh, with the dollars to make sure it can't be replicated or forged. Well, the reason why you would encrypt a digital a cryptocurrency and why you would put it on the blockchain to where computers are making sure that there's only certain amounts of it out there and that when you transfer it from place to place, then it's the computers are all double checking each other. And if you're wondering, well, where is this coming from? Go back to the, the last episode about the blockchain. So it's a form of currency that's only digital. It can't be replicated or forged because it's on the blockchain, because computers are double checking who has what amount because of the transactions that are happening. And it's not controlled by a single entity. Now, how, do that, how does that even work? Well, um, here's the interesting thing is like Bitcoin, for example, and now I'm, I'm not an expert in Bitcoin, but here's to the best of my knowledge. Bitcoin is basically like a computer algorithm. It's like a computer calculation or a computer program, essentially, that is running. And there's com- there's other computers that are powering it. And they are mining or they're basically like uh, the computers are running these programs to create more Bitcoin. So these more lines of computer code. And the computer code, the program for Bitcoin is written in such a way that once there is X number of Bitcoin ever created in this system, in this blockchain, there will never ever be more created. And so then that those lines of computer code, the what what the computers say is one Bitcoin, once that once they are out there, then we can trade those in exchange for value, which would be just like say if I have a hundred dollar bill in my wallet and I go and you post something on Facebook and you're like, hey, I'm selling this for a hundred dollars. Great. I've got a hundred dollars in my wallet. Here's the value that I'm giving. I'm giving that to you and you're giving me this thing, right? Well, the Bitcoin would be the exact same way. Now, here's the interesting thing. So uh, a lot of people are like, well, cryptocurrency, isn't this a scam or fad? Well, let me, let me ask you a couple questions about what you do. So how many of us actually keep dollar bills still in our wallet and use them a lot? 
Now we might still keep them there just to have like cash extra on hand. That's what my wife and I do is we keep some money in our wallets or around the house in exchange in basically in case of emergency. But when we go to the gas station, when we go to the grocery store, when we uh, <laughs> interact with our child's school uh, for a field trip, we're almost always doing things digitally. So what what is the main difference between a cryptocurrency and the U.S. government's fiat currency, right? Like the U.S. dollars and cents that we use. Well, the main difference there is that in a cryptocurrency does not have something that you can hold in your hands, whereas like the U.S. government issue dollars, you do. But to, in today's world, I'm not really using the cash that much. I mean, I can't honestly think in my house where I have, I used to have like a coin, uh, a little cup, a, like a plastic cup that whenever I would use cash, I would take the coins and put them in there. I used to even keep one in my truck as I was driving around. And I can't even think, I don't even know where I have that in my house. I don't know where those co- where those coins would be. And so it's. I really don't think that cryptocurrency and what we're doing today is that different. Because I, I actually started to brainstorm a little bit uh, in preparation for this podcast. Here's here's a couple of ways that we already send digital money to each other. We use Cash App. We use Venmo. We use PayPal. We use debit card. We use credit card. We use like money orders where we can like go to the I think it's Western Union and send a money order to someone. Right? You can do that digitally. It's not. It's not like they're actually sending a bag of money to that person. It's digital. You can do it via wire transfer. If you give me your bank account information, I can go into my bank system and send it. Now there is like a clunkiness where the banks have to uh, interact with each other, right? But there's a wire transfer. There's Apple Pay now. You can pay just from your phone or Google Pay. I think is I don't I don't have a Google phone, so I got an Apple. <laughs> I got an iPhone. There's direct deposit. Like my uh, my employer, the job that I have, uh, the bank, the money gets just deposited directly into my bank account. Any kind of online shopping that we do, where we're entering our card information or we're just connecting our PayPal, like that is all just digital. Now, here's the thing is that the U.S. government could at one point take away all of the actual physical dollars in circulation and the coins, right, the the paper money and the hard coins out of circulation, and it could turn into a basically a U.S. government-backed cryptocurrency. That could happen one day, and it wouldn't be that different than what we're doing now. It would just be without the physical dollars in circulation. Now, I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but it could happen. So let's talk uh, for just a couple of minutes about, well, why do people use cryptocurrency? And so I already mentioned how often are we actually already using it, uh, the the government dollars online anyway. It's because, well, we're already doing that. But here's a couple of other reasons why. Is A couple of other reasons why is because of the uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, the other forms, the not government backed, they are decentralized. They are not centralized, right? The if they are, if if there is a government controlling it, it is a centralized currency. Well, the interesting thing, I remember talking about like inflation in a previous episode, is that if the US government all of a sudden wants like to double the amount of dollars and cents in circulation, they can do that. They can just issue more money. 
Well, you can't do that with cryptocurrency, especially like with a Bitcoin type of thing where there's just once you have a certain amount, that's it. There's only a certain amount because it is mathematically impossible because it's through an algorithm or some kind of complicated computer system. Well, uh, another reason why people are using cryptocurrency is because there's uh, sometimes there's lower fees and regulations. Like, for example, if I want to uh, go back to the wire, let's go back to the wire transfer. If uh, you have a bank account at Wells Fargo and I have a bank account at Bank of America and I log into my bank and I say, hey, I want to send you $100 where there's going to be transaction fees. So I have to spend, I don't know, like $115 just for example. And so there's a f- like $15 worth of fees in order to get you the actual $100. Now, Venmo takes away some of that, but there's just a little bit uh, less um, there's, there's sometimes now, of course, there's still transaction fees on some of these blockchains like Ethereum is especially notorious right now for the Ethereum blockchain is especially notorious right now for having what's called gas fees, which are basically transaction fees that are paying for, to cover the cost of doing business on the, or doing transactions on the blockchain, uh, because there's the computer systems that are tracking all of these transactions. And of course, one of the final reasons why people are buying cryptocurrencies is uh, because of the volatility that um, I mentioned when I kind of gave the disclaimer. The volatility, uh, so the when I when I say volatility, what I mean is the price of a cryptocurrency. So if you spend one U.S. dollar, sometimes that is worth X amount, and sometimes that is worth half the amount of a certain cryptocurrency, right? And so uh, right now, for example, um, the price of one Bitcoin, it's about $31,400, give or take, at the time of recording this podcast. The price of one Ethereum is one Ether is uh, $1,911. And so the, uh, the interesting thing is that like Bitcoin and Ethereum, I mean, these are the prices are about half of what they were a couple of months ago. And so then what the, those prices, those like all time high prices, those are double or triple what they've been in the past and even like quadruple and 10 X kind of thing. So people are putting X number of dollars in and buying a certain cryptocurrency and then it's going up in value and then they're either selling it or they're holding on to it. And so people are literally acting as day traders and they're buying cryptocurrencies. And then they're uh, like I, for example, <laughs> uh, back in when I first got into this, um, I bought a certain coin called Shiba Inu coin. Um, and the, again, this is not financial advice, um, but I bought it and I like I only put in like $150 and I doubled it to like $300 or something like that. I think it tripled at one point up to $450 and then it dropped and I pulled it out kind of thing and, and put it into something else. So that's, of course, one of the other reasons why people are buying and selling cryptocurrencies is because of this volatility. They're using it. Um, they're 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 using it uh, as a financial uh, vehicle in order to do certain things. So again, this is not financial advice. Um, please do your own research, and again, uh, go, refer to the recommendation of let's only use money. Uh, this is what I do. Again, I only use money that uh, my wife and I can afford to lose. Now, uh, the interesting thing um, about all of this is is why does this matter, right? Well, why does it matter? Well, I think cryptocurrencies are really uh, interesting to a lot of people because of what's happening in the world economy. 
with inflation going crazy and running rampant in a lot of uh, foreign and European countries. I know that there are some uh, South American countries, for example, that are investing heavily in Bitcoin because of how either their, uh, maybe their government issue fiat currency is uh, declining in the amount of value that it has. And so they're trying to put money into something that there there just can't be an increase in supply. So there's a couple of different reasons why people are doing that. And let me ask this question is what happens if the US dollar is all of a sudden worth nothing? If it, if it crashes, right? There was, uh, again, going back to this YouTube video, Michael Saylor uh, does a really great job of talking about how go, let's there, there was these two islands, right? There was uh, one island that traded in stones. Well, there was a, a foreigner who came to the islands and figured out that the one island that there was, uh, they were using these stones for the currency. So he went to the other island that had a bunch of these stones. He grabbed a bunch of these stones, brought them back, and all of a sudden he was rich, and according to this story by Michael Saylor, like he just enslaved the population. He, he increased the supply. And so all of a sudden those stones were worth pretty much nothing, or he just, he just absorbed all of the value. Right. And so that's the interesting thing with these centralized ones is people can kind of take advantage of it and they can play with a little bit to try to battle different things. But there's just some really interesting nuances. Once you uh, learn a little bit more about cryptocurrencies, now, um, before we close out this episode, uh, I just wanted to share a few. Here's a few of the most popular cryptocurrencies. There's tons of them out there, and there's more being created almost every single day. And I'm learning about more every single day. So, uh, But here's a couple of the most popular ones. There is the Bitcoin blockchain, and there is a Bitcoin, and then uh, there is what's called um, a Sartoshi. And so uh, Bitcoin is the actual cryptocurrency and a denomination, like you know how we have the dollars and then there's cents that go into the dollars? Well, one Sartoshi uh, is like a fraction, some kind of small fraction of a Bitcoin, and then a Bitcoin lives on the Bitcoin blockchain. There is the Ethereum blockchain. There is Ether, which is the form of currency, and the way that you'll see it or hear it, people don't really say the word Ether that much. People mostly talk about just ETH. So ETH, uh, Bitcoin is BTC, and you'll usually see them with the dollar sign. So it's like dollar sign BTC, dollar sign ETH. There is a Solana blockchain, and the cryptocurrency that you use there is SOL. It's the dollar sign SOL. There's the Polygon blockchain, which is uh, built on top of the Ethereum, and, and I'm going to go into that in a, a later podcast episode. But Polygon uh, uses the cryptocurrency Matic, and it's the dollar sign M-A-T-I-C. There's uh, one that was kind of emerged as kind of, it's kind of started as a joke. Um, it might be classified as what's called a meme coin because it's uh, built upon kind of like an idea. And there's a Dogecoin, right? Like if you know anything about following Elon Musk on Twitter, you might hear or see something about Dogecoin. It's the dollar sign D-O-G-E. Now, you might pronounce it a different way, but that's how I say it. And then uh, another one that has been in the news recently, uh, there's a couple. There is uh, like Luna and USDT, or it's actually Tether, and it's uh, dollar sign USDT, which have been classified as stable coins. And I'm going to go into um, a, a later, a future podcast episode. I'm going to talk about the different types of tokens that there are. 
um, because there's a bunch of different ones, like I mentioned, stable coins or meme coins and those kinds of things. So those are just a couple of the uh, popular ones. There's, of course, other popular ones that I didn't mention. So if you are a uh, cryptocurrency, if you're a certain, uh, you're just passionate about a certain one, and I didn't mention yours, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, I do. I did want to just mention just a couple of the more popular uh, cryptocurrencies. Well, y'all, this has been so fun. Um, I hope that this episode um, taught you a little bit more about cryptocurrencies, why people are using them, why people are buying them. Um, You can see why people would buy them is because of the inflation kind of thing that's happening in the world. And so uh, this is um, the conclusion of the episode. I hope that you learned something. Um, If you did and you would, would like to, I would be so honored if you shared this with a friend, with a coworker, with a family member. Be sure to leave Um, this podcast. I'd be honored if you left this podcast a review on either Apple or Spotify. And if you have any topics, I actually got a a LinkedIn direct message from someone who has a topic that they'd like for me to dive in. So uh, be sure to reach out on social media if you would like to. And you can check out more information at web3simplified.xyz. Thanks, y'all. I'm honored that you're here. And thanks for listening.